Uh, I'm going to go with Dylan Brooks points. Mm, no. Fake stats, then. Yeah, yeah, not accurate data, but uh, uh, I don't know, man. David Roddy. Now, his three-pointers are on here. Dylan Brooks, one and a half. He's only hit 20% in his last 10. Shocker. <laughs> yeah, shocking. Jaw on rebounds, five and a half. He's only hit two of the last 10. Jaw and assist, eight and a half. He's only hit two of the last 10. Darius Garland, 23 and a half points. Two out of the last 10. Evan Mobley, three pointers. His line is at half a three pointer. He has hit zero out of the last 10. Hey, well, he'll hit one against us tonight. Guarantee it. Can't wait for uh, Evan Mobley to absolutely clamp Jaron tonight. Some other ones of note LeBron James' line on threes is two and a half. He has hit two out of the last 10. And Darius Garland on three-pointers, two and a half. He has hit two out of the last ten. Jokic in a little bit of a slump. 25 and a half is the line. He's hit three out of the last ten. Uh, I mean, he popped off last night. He had 30, 36, 12, and 10. That he did. Yeah, I think Damian Lewis had 44 last night, too. Dylan Brooks on here again. Assist, two and a half. Undo. <laughs> yes. Undo. He's at three out of the last ten. Yeah, undo on Dylan Brooks' assist, man. Unless it's a, a lob or just a pass to Ja, he's not passing the ball to anyone. Absolutely. If you want any other data, I can probably get that for you. But for now, we're going to pivot back to Tennessee basketball and the game last night. To be quite honest with you, I did not watch a single second of the second half. I was so upset with the way the first half ended, I wanted nothing to do with the rest of the game. Bryson, you watched it from start to finish. I did. Um, and Julian Phillips. That's all I wanted. Um, yeah, that's all I wanted. It was night and day difference from the first half to the second half. Uh, when I left the station, I was extremely upset. And when I got back home, sat down on my couch, and started to watch, I got very happy. Um, I mean, I'll get into the details here in a minute. I'll get Davis's input. But well, I mean, you got to yeah. think about what happened last night, man. We had stanchions coming down. We had nets replaced. We had shoes on the court for whatever reason. Matthew, I think that was your highlight of last night. Yeah, that was insane. Was Jemai Meshack getting eight up and then falling out of both of his shoes? Now, I've never seen two shoes fall off. Never in my life. That, that was a first. Um, yeah, I mean, all things considered, I mean, that's a good win when you go on the road and you're down – Two, two starters, um, and you lose Euros, apparently, in the second half to a rolled ankle. So, really, you're down three starters the whole game in the road. And you go in there, and I, I'm going to be honest with you, I didn't watch the second half. I watched uh, the highlights this morning. But, you know, you just, you got to give props to Ziegler. I mean, <clears throat> I don't know if you've called out Hickman yet or not, Jake, but his take this morning was outlandish. What was his take? He, he said that he'd rather have Euros over Ziegler. Uh, I ain't going to go that far. <laughs> oh I ain't going to go gosh, that far. man. No. But, I mean, just like all, all things considered, that's a good bounce back win. Um, I mean, that's – like you said, Mississippi State was not a good team. You just had to grind them up, and eventually I think we just have – we're more mature on our side, and that really played a difference into it because – 
you know, they've now lost six of their last seven games. They're probably fighting in the locker room. Coach can't have, doesn't have control of them. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's a good bounce back win. Well, and Bryson, you had a really good argument to make before the show started, and I told you to save it for the show. Now, I want you to go ahead and give us, you know, what you were telling me out in the lobby before. Yeah, so I mean, I mean, I get it. We we won. Uh, we played three straight bad halves of basketball. We came back out and we found a way to win. That's good. Uh, and it was on the road in the SEC, which is tough to do. But I mean, at the same time, this is a quad one win right now. But when it comes selection Sunday. It's not going to be a quad one win, if we're being honest, because they're one and five in the SEC. Uh, as Davis said, they've lost six of the last seven. And we can't have our point guard playing 40 minutes a game. I get there's injury issues. Uh, this goes back to the B.J. Edwards discussion that we've had, seems like, at least the last three shows. Um, but we, we need – and we already talked about the rotation. I mean, there's just a lot of things that could be cleaned up. I mean, we can't rely on Zakai Ziegler to have 24 and – play 40 minutes a game every night and Julian Phillips did came up, come out and perform which is exactly what I wanted and I think to make any type of run in March we need to see that every night uh, going off Bryce's point it's a very good point but like when you have especially when you have games where he is out I don't know what's up with him I guess he's just sick has a flu or something but you're absolutely screwed you play against any other team I would put yeah. probably besides Ole Miss and the SEC and you're losing that game like, there's no way you can carry Ziegler 40 minutes a game. Every He's going to break down at some point. He's already injured, like uh, Bryson said. And, you know, you got DeLeon in a tech suit, and B.J. Edwards has not sniffed the floor yet. So, I don't know if it's just black blackballed or blackmail or what's going on, but uh, I, I think someone needs to ask him, like, what's up, man? I mean, you have two primary ball handlers on the uh, bench, and you're not even giving them a sniff. Not at all. Let's go back to the Big Orange Phillies phone lines where the Knoxville sports radio legend Roger is next. What do you say, Roger? <laughs> oh, 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 no, no, that's much of it. I'm doing good. I'm doing fine. How are y'all doing tonight? tonight, tonight? Doing good, Rog. Well, good. Um, Jake, I just want to ask you a few questions tonight. I just want to ask you first. Mm-hmm. First, I just wanted to ask you about, 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 about how for uh, – uh, but but raise wise, what I ask you is uh, with Hopper win this year, they this year beating uh, when high level beating Alabama and all you know all the game team and uh, and beating Kevin Tess. What I ask you if you if you if you uh, the the uh, director who would you, how, how how much money would you would, would you what kind of raise would you give Hopper after win this year like you did? What kind of raise would you would you give? Apple. Well, yeah, Raj, I think that year. when you look at yeah. what Heupel's done this year and you compare it yeah. to the other salaries that a lot of other coaches are getting paid and they're not performing anywhere near at the level that he is, they're not recruiting as well as him, they're obviously they're just not as good as Coach Heupel. Let's call it like it is, uh, Raj. But I think that we need to up it to maybe 8.5 to $9 million is what we're going to have right. to pay Heupel. And the reason I say that is because he's attracted the interest – of teams like Michigan, you know, if Jim Harbaugh would have taken the Denver Broncos job, I think they would have been really high on Josh Heupel to come up to Ann Arbor. So I think you're going to have to pay him to keep him around, and you're going to have to make that buyout as much as we don't want to because we've seen it, you know, bite other teams in the butt. You you got to make that buyout high for somebody to come in and yeah. get him. But I think about eight point five to nine million is what uh, Josh Heupel should expect. 
I got you. Okay. And uh, also, say, say to me, add, say, uh, no, 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 I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, if somebody, if somebody came and asked him to come, that took the leave to go to another school, uh, they, how, how much money, how much money would take you have that, you have to, you have to give him the, or keep him here, keep him here. You say to me, say to me, did ask him to leave uh, to go to the school, how much money, how much money they, 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 they have to, have to get to order to keep them here, you know? Well, I, I think wonder. it all depends on the job, Roger. And yeah, it's one of those yeah. deals, you know, and, you know, guys like Terry Fair will tell you as well, you know, when you start coaching in college, you're recruiting all the time. You're on the road constantly. Uh, you're late at work. You're doing this. But, you know, sometimes the pay makes up for it. Now, obviously the ultimate goal for a lot of these guys is to go coach in the NFL because in the NFL uh, you're at home by 5 o'clock every day through the week, right? You're doing right. everything you need to do during the day because you don't have to worry about these guys going to school. Their only job is the NFL, playing football, coaching football. And that's the dream goal. But if someone like that came calling, and obviously you know Josh Heupel seems to like it here. He seems to really enjoy being in Knoxville, being around the fans, being around the team. So I think in order to keep him here, if it got to that yeah. point, Roger, like say he has a breakout season – you know, more than what he did this year, next year. Say we go to Atlanta or say we make it to the college football playoff, you got to almost pay him nine and a half million dollars. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And maybe sure. pay off his house. <laughs> I mean, let's call oh, it like yeah. it is. Yeah, for sure. Sure. Uh, uh, okay. Um, uh, I guess also, also, uh, 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 that's what I ask you also, that's what I ask you is that. Uh, uh, it might be kind of easy, kind of sure to answer this question, but uh, but safe, safe, safe in Alabama, um, and Pruitt, safe, 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 safe had a chance to, to hire Pruitt back, back to Alabama. Uh, would you do? Would you? Would you do it for him or not, Jake? If I was Nick Saban and I had the chance to yeah. bring Jeremy Pruitt back as a defensive coordinator, I yeah. if he's not, if he's able to come back, because you know right. he's going to get sanctions from the NCAA after what all he did here. Right. If he can get it cleared by the NCAA, I think Nick Saban would absolutely bring Jeremy Pruitt back because he was probably one of the best defensive coordinators that he ever had. And oh, you know, yeah. Jeremy Pruitt is somebody who has coached at you know the highest levels of college football. You know, he won a national championship when he was at Florida State. He went to Georgia, right. saw some success there with Mark Rick. Obviously, won national championships at Alabama. He coached Alabama twice, yeah. and then before that, Roger, he was at Hoover High School down in Alabama, which was one of the best high school programs in the nation and was on the MTV show two-a-days as the defensive coordinator. And funny enough, Roger, he didn't always <laughs> used to be bald. You know, he had hair when he was yeah. on that show. And, right. you know, call it like it is. Yes, Jeremy Pruitt was a terrible head coach, but he is a great defensive coordinator, and you can make the case for a lot of coaches like that. You know, Will Muschamp, obviously yeah, oh, yeah. He, he's better off as a defensive coordinator than what he ever was as a head coach. He had his chance twice, got fired from both jobs, but every time he was defensive coordinator, whether that be at Texas, whether that be at Auburn, I think he's at Georgia now, you know, the guy knows how to coach defense. And that's somebody that I would oh, want yeah. on my staff. Oh, yeah. Same, same here. Uh, but, yeah, uh, but, 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 if he, but uh, <laughs> you think Pruitt would, besides Alabama, you think anybody else would hire him? Besides Alabama, you think he would, if anybody not, Alabama, say somebody else uh, hiring. Do you think you think he should be hired if he gets a chance to get back to coaching? Do you think he deserves it? You think? I don't think anybody would hire him, Roger. To be honest with you, yeah. I, re I really don't. Yeah. Just because 
you know, yeah. all the stuff that happened here. They don't want to run the risk of anything like that happening again, which granted we have NIL now. So some of the stuff that he was doing, you know, you could do it more out in the open and you could collaborate with, you know, your collective or whoever it may be to make those things yeah. happen to get the guys that you want. But the problem uh, with Jeremy Pruitt, though, Raj, is the yeah. way that he goes about it. You know, Josh Heupel, I think you and I actually talked about this a little over a month ago. And, you know, I think I explained Josh Heupel does the more family approach, wants to get the guys involved doing team building activities. You know, like just go play dodgeball with the guys or go have like a home run derby, see who can hit a baseball out of the park just to go have fun. And Jeremy Pruitt's got yeah. that more military style approach. You know, Josh Heupel also lets them, you know, listen to music during practice and stuff like that. Jeremy Pruitt, there was no yeah. music during workouts. There was no music during practice. And it's more, of, like I said, the military-style approach. And, Raj, I've lived that life. You know, I was in the military for six years. Yeah. And uh, oh. I prefer listening to music when I work out and when I'm at practice. Oh, oh, yeah, for sure, for sure, for sure. Uh, you, you mentioned that. You mentioned you were in the military. Uh, how would you, you do that? Raj, Raj, I'm not even going to fake it, buddy. I tried to get fat on purpose. That way they'd kick me out. <laughs> uh, oh, I, I got, I got. You. Okay, Roger, you would not believe the amount of you would not believe the amount of crystals, the amount of cheeseburgers, yeah. the amount of pizzas that I ate, and it didn't work. Wow, they still kept me in. Uh, but did you have fun though. Did you have fun though? Uh, there, though, there. Enjoy it though. Uh, Roger, I'm not gonna lie to you. I didn't have fun, buddy. It was awful. <laughs> oh, oh wow! Hey, 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 did you learn? Did you learn? Did you learn anything? Did you, did you learn stuff? Anything from it? Been, been, been in there? Oh, uh, Roger, I'll be honest. I learned how to eat faster. <laughs> okay. I learned how to shovel yeah. food down. Yeah. And buddy, yeah. let me tell you, I got to the point, Roger. I could eat a crystal in seven seconds. Wow! Wow! Yeah. That's, that's hard to do, but. Wow, that's how do you? I wonder how you do that. If I ate, if I, I thought, you know what? I wonder how you do it. You know? Well, it's uh, one of those things. They only give you so much time to eat, and it. Yeah. It's one of those things you just kind of learn to do. It's like if I'm going to eat, I've got to get this food in my system in a short amount of time. Otherwise, I'm going to be hungry. And Roger, I don't like yeah. to be hungry. <laughs> uh, I hear you. I hear that. Appreciate the phone call, Roger. Okay, Stay with us. Overtime continues. More of your phone calls coming up. Your Fan Run Radio Overtime continues, and back to the Big Orange Phillies phone lines we go. Connor is next. What do you say, Connor? What's up, guys? What's up, buddy? Oh, not much. A uh, couple of things. Just to touch on the uh, the basketball topic first. Um, I've been seeing – seen a lot of people last night talking about B.J. Edwards and asking about him why he's not playing and all that. Uh, personally, just watching him off the few minutes and some of the times that he's gotten the game, I just don't think that B.J. Edwards is ready yet. He just – every time he's got on the court, he's looked lackluster, and he's just kind of looked sluggish and slow all around. And, I mean, all the guard play in the SEC is going to be shifty and quick, and I just haven't seen anything that shows that he's ready to step in yet. I think he will probably develop into that, but I haven't seen that yet at all. Well, it's one of those things, too. I mean, he's coming off the bench, and he's sluggish because, I mean – you get warmed up. He's been and then, sitting there all night. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing is he's been sitting there all game long. Like, that's probably why he's looking sluggish. But, I mean, you know, it's one of those things, too. 
in order to get him ready, you have to play him. I mean, that's the bottom line because Stone Cold said so. Yeah, you won't yeah. know until you play him. I mean, you, we can judge him off the two minutes when we're up by 50 points against McNeese State or wherever the hell we're playing, but unless you throw him in against a Florida or a SC, like any kind of SEC opponent, I mean, we're not really going to truly know. I disagree with you, Connor. I think every time he's been on the floor, we've uh, he showed us – I mean, he's given us stats, like – he, he scores. The ball he moves the ball. He scores every time he's on the court. So, so what happens when, say, Viscovi and Key are still injured? You go play Texas. You put Eros at the point guard. <laughs> <laughs> and say, and you know, you don't want Zakai to basically play the whole game again. What just, happens if uh, Zakai blows his knee out for some reason? Yeah. What happens Not then? Man. You go recruit Tomba again. What do you? You could put Toby Awaka at the point. I mean, we could put, we could get DJ Burns to come back. I mean, what are we doing here? <laughs> Dane well, Bradshaw. At worst case scenario, Josiah can bring the ball up. He's he's not going to be a point guard, but he can bring the ball up. But Zakai is just now fulfilling the role of a true point guard anyway. I mean, we're still kind of searching for that guy. He's he's now kind of coming into that role, but we've still been looking for him. And then last night talking about letting people play, it turns out whenever you don't yank Julian Phillips, a top 20 recruit, after two missed baskets, he can go get you a double-double with ease. Oh, that, was, that was great to see. I really needed to see that when I woke up this morning because I'll be honest, man, I didn't watch the second half of the game. I was so pissed off and mad when I left here after Jamal Meshack fell out of both of his shoes. They'd already lowered the stanchion. They'd already replaced the net. I'd had enough of it by then, man. I'll be honest with you. Yeah, I didn't watch much of the second half either. But going away from the basketball thing, the main reason I called was uh, just looking on Twitter last night, and I've seen it over kind of the last few weeks. And – to start, there's a difference between being critical of players and just straight-up hating and slandering on guys. And I have just seen countless stuff on Twitter and other places, of just people just hating on Zakai last night, hating on all kinds of our guys. And I think it's terrible. I don't know if you guys seen there about last sometime last week that um, Kamal Haddon put a tweet out saying that he'd been receiving all kinds of hate from ball fans and his mom had been receiving hate from ball fans. And I just think that's awful. Now that one is interesting because I, I really hadn't seen any. And I was wondering what that was about. And we were all sitting here trying to figure it out. And you just, I guess, answered the question for me. It's like, you know, why is he getting hate? Because, I mean, you are 100% spot on. There comes a point where you go from being critical of a player to just outright just – bashing the kid yeah and i understand being critical of guys and i think that's fine because to improve and look at areas where you need to get better you have to be critical but there there's a, a line that has to be drawn of where you're just straight up hating on somebody and yeah there might be people that we can be critical of that are not our favorites but if they're wearing a tennessee uniform i want to see them do good regardless and the two I've seen it last night mainly on the basketball side, but the two I've seen mainly the majority of the football time was the first time when the stuff happened with Banks, people was going after him. And people can say what they want about Jeremy Banks, but I personally value loyalty over everything. And Jeremy Banks was loyal to the Tennessee program, and he's been around through our worst mm-hmm. to our now. And then the other one mainly recently has been Kamal Haddon, and I understand that probably came from the trash talking and all the other stuff. But I've been seeing people on Twitter talking about how awful he is and why do we recruit him and how terrible he is. But people are so fast to forget that Elante Taylor was 
terrible. Could not cover anyone in man coverage the first two years he was at Tennessee. And he was a second-round draft pick. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's the thing about Alante is, like, you know, everyone was like, well, why, why is he going pro? Why is he doing this? Why is he doing that? It's like, well, because he's a projected second-round pick. And they're like, who's projecting that? And I pulled it up on CBS Sports. There it was. And sure enough, where did he go? Second round. But, yeah, I just, I just hate to see everything on Twitter and Ball Nation, especially just everybody just slandering and hating on them. I, think, I don't think that's good for a program at all. I mean, recruits, current players, everybody sees this stuff that's out there. I mean, that's the thing is, like, everybody sees it. And, you know, part of me thinks that that might have something to do with when recruiting first started getting really, really bad. It's like they're seeing all this. It's like, man, if I make one mistake, I am getting put through the ringer here. You know, part of me thinks that might be it. And you look at some other stuff too. Connor, for example, you know, well, why couldn't we get this guy to come here? Why couldn't we get that guy to come here? Why couldn't we get uh, Peyton Manning to come back and coach? And, you know, there was some talk about Jamie Chadwell back when we had fired Jeremy Pruitt. And, you know, Jamie Chadwell's from my hometown. Jamie Chadwell grew up a Tennessee guy. That would have been his dream job. I tweeted, you know, when – who was it? it? was Butch Jones that had got fired. And I tweeted out, I was like, at Jamie Chadwell or whatever his Twitter handle was at the time, to the hill. He likes it and retweets it. Like, obviously, like, that's his dream job. However, if he were to take that job and he were to fail and get run out of here, he would be having the same feelings that Scott Frost is having right now in Nebraska. Just disappointment. Yeah. Just mad at yourself. Just overall, just bad for the human being in general. Bad for the fans. Nah. Bad for the program. Bad for the school. Bad for him. Nah, Jay. I, I got a button here, man. If you like, if you don't want the criticism, if you don't want the high expectations, you got to go somewhere else. Like this comes with the territory. You're Tennessee. You're one of the most premier programs in the entire country. If you can't handle a little bit of criticism, I get the Kamal Haddon aspect. You don't send death threats or whatever they're doing to a player because he played bad and he chirps too much, but that's too far. But at the same time, you're at Tennessee, and you've got to be able to handle a little bit of criticism. And the whole Jamie Chabot thing is correct, but, I mean, just overall, man, you got to be able to handle it when you're at Tennessee. I mean, I'm not disagreeing with that at all. I'm just saying, you know, in the minds of some of these guys, you know, that's probably what's going through their head. And Connor's pretty spot on with that. I, I would think everybody would agree with that. Yeah, I just – yeah, I, I'm fine. I'm. I agree with being critical, and I agree that Tennessee is is on top of the stage when it comes to athletics and colleges as as a whole. And I agree with being critical of guys, and that you've got to be able to take criticism and you know let it ride. But I still think there's a point when it comes time. It's like, all right, that's enough. Oh yeah, I mean when you, I mean Jonathan Crompton is the first player that I can remember getting death threats as a Tennessee player. And this was after the UCLA game in 2009. And people were already, you know, ready to go at him because he had a bad year, you know, Fulmer's last year. And then after the UCLA game, a game in which he threw, I think it might have been three interceptions, if I'm not mistaken. And people were giving him death threats. Uh, Michael Pilardi got some. Daniel Lincoln got some. And it's just like, you know, this is probably a 40 to 45-year-old man that is on a drunken rage saying this to anywhere from an 18- to a 22-year-old guy. It's like, come on, the guy's still in college. The guy's not getting paid, knowingly being paid to be here. 
say that. Exactly. These, these kids that are – the stuff that these people are saying about their recruits and guys that we've got they are fresh out of high school, they're 18, 19 years old. Like, obviously they're not going to do every single thing perfect. I mean, that's like I couldn't stand Jarrett Garantano as a player, but I never once tweeted that I hope that something bad happens to him or happens to his family. Yeah. Well, that was all I had for tonight, but you guys have a good one. Appreciate the phone call, Connor. Woo. Yeah, that's a whole other topic now. You got me heated. I brought me back to uh, Daniel Lincoln and uh, Mount Cody, man. My exact emotions that day. <sighs> Terrence Cody. To my death threats, I know good and well you were screaming at the TV. Oh, God. no, I was crying after that one. That one really I hurt. was. I, I was crying, but I cannot repeat some of the things I've said over the years. Russell, we'd all be canceled. Yeah. 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 I understand the aspect of, you know, there's a a line between being critical and sending death threats to whoever. I mean, Danny Green was getting death threats in a bubble for playing playing how he was. But in the the day, you got to realize you are at Tennessee. Like, Goodison's going to come with the territory, as Davis said. You know, come with the, it's going to come with playing at Tennessee. Well, and it gets even worse at the professional level because everyone knows how much you're getting paid. It's like yeah. you're getting paid that yeah. much to do this. Yeah, so, I mean, if you're going to let a little criticism yeah. come here, how are you going to be on the main stage when well, it comes I'm, to NFL? Actually, yeah. glad I brought that up because, Davis, I think you'll agree with this as well. Now that we have NIL and we see how much some of these guys are getting paid, that's going to be the argument for some of these guys. Like, why are you paying them this absolutely. much? Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. That's if, you, just, if you can't deal with it, man, and, like, the criticism is – too big for you, Tennessee. That's okay. I mean, it's not it's not for everybody. We're not calling you soft or a failure or anything if you can't handle it. But I, go to Liberty. Go play for – where's James? Yeah, James Howell's at Liberty. Go play at Liberty. Go play at Troy. Go play at uh, South MTSU. Alabama. I don't know. Go, go play somewhere lower if it's not okay for you. And that's all right. Some guys do that. But when you're at Tennessee and you're getting paid uh, millions – some some guys, literally millions of dollars um, – yeah, man, you're going to have some uh, people chirping at you on Twitter. Davis, I have a question. How do you feel about the whole uh, Jaden Rashada thing? Ooh. Uh, Thir- yeah, typical Florida. $13 million? He was not going to get that. I would say he may have gotten a tenth of that, maybe. Uh, I mean, this maybe. Uh, that's that's insane. That's almost double what uh, the number. They're floating around for Nico. Neither of them have even taken a college snap yet or a practice snap. Did you, uh, did you happen to see that A.D. Mitchell hit the transfer portal from Georgia? Mm-hmm. Do we want him? I would take him, but. I'll take him. I mean, more talent than Maria, but, I mean, God. Who, we, who's playing, man? Uh, we, we get A.D. Mitchell. Someone's bouncing. Yeah. If you get A.D. Mitchell, does Dante Thorne just say, ah, I'm out of here? Someone. On Twitter, they were saying uh, apparently he's like a kid or something in, in Texas, and that's where he's going. Uh, so ah. Well, two in the last two hours, two old Miss players have entered the transfer portal. Shocker. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Walker Howard, man. No, sorry, three. Sorry, three have entered the transfer portal in the last two hours. Mm. Do they happen to be quarterbacks? No, one's a safety, one's a wide receiver, and one's a linebacker. Mm. Well, our little uh, source down at Ole Miss thinks that they're going to add 
Spencer Sanders and Mike Wright from Vanderbilt. <laughs> uh, does that source start with a B? Yeah, man. Yep. <laughs> nice. Nice. Sick delusional he is. God. Josh Prey tweets out 21 minutes ago, we promised that child $13 million. Laugh, 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 laugh. Percy Harvin ain't choke his coach out for this. <laughs> Jeez. Stay with us. (laughs) Overtime continues. Final segment coming up right here on Fan Run Radio. Final segment of Overtime, Fan Run Radio. A class ring that went missing decades ago has returned to its original owner. The Texas woman who owned the ring thought she misplaced it, but it was actually stolen and admitted as evidence in a 1986 drug trial. Parker County District Attorney Jeff Swain discovered the class ring along with an Air Force ring and an envelope in a filing cabinet in the basement of the District Courts Building in Weatherford, Texas. The only clue to the original ownership of the Dupo High School class of 1956 ring was an engraving of the initials PW. Swain set out to find the ring's original owner by obtaining records about the 1956 graduating class at Dupo High School in Illinois. He found that only one graduating student had the initials PW, a woman named Peggy Wall. Swain solicited help from the district attorney investigator Wendy Bravo, who used a 1950 census to locate Wall's family who then informed Bravo that Wendy was living in Keeler, Texas. Keller, Texas, excuse me. Bravo returned the class ring to Wall, along with the Air Force ring, who Wall identified as belonging to her ex-husband. And one can only assume that went straight to the pawn shop. Interesting. Um, a little confused by this story, but, uh, you know, that, uh, I know y'all saw, but when Josh signed that girl or that little kid, the kid that was like bawling his eyes out, yeah. signed, uh, gave him his shoes and all that. He, uh, someone on Instagram was saying that he went straight to uh, this place on Highland where uh, your statement was and tried to sell them for like twenty thousand dollars. Are you kidding uh, me? That was, that it came out. I think it came out as fake, fake, right? It was fake news. Fake news. Yeah, it was fake news. Yeah, yeah. This little kid did not go to a place in Highland that has gotten robbed like three times in its one year of existence, being with kicks. Yes. <laughs> yeah, it's got like it's got ransacked came, like three times. Yeah, Jake. They came back the next morning, and the whole front door was blown to pieces. Every article of clothing was gone. Every shoe. Yep. It's like. Can't have anything here, man. Yeah, but that uh, that whole little kid with the shoes, yeah, that was just fake news, man. It was just someone basically just put out a false report and never happened. Oh, you mean kind of like Greta Thunberg? Oh, uh, yeah. You the- all have seen this, right? <laughs> yeah, right. How she's supposedly getting arrested for her climate <laughs> protest. There's a video. They staged it all, people. She lied. I saw that video today. That's the funniest thing in war. The video that they're staging people's arrest now is laughable. And the, the bad thing is there's no telling how long this has been going on or how much it's been done. But 
on here yet. Ooh, that's a that's a rough one, man. We're not going to talk about old Andrew Tate. Ah, okay. I figured. I, I didn't want to. I didn't want to bring it up, but uh, <laughs> yeah, since you brought up Thunberg, that's where my mind immediately went. But, um. I mean, it couldn't have been staged any worse. She was smiling the whole time. She was smiling the whole time. The police were smiling. It's like they really got local forces. And who even knows those are real police? Right. Like, you should charge those people for impersonating an officer. They won't do that because it's Greta. <laughs> what does she do? How dare you? Who is that? Where was How she dare arrested? you? Yeah, where, yeah, where was she arrested? Supposedly Germany, wasn't it? Yeah. Sure. I, what does Greta Thunberg do? She's a climate change hey, activist. Ah, so she's an activist. So she has yeah, real, she has real no like positions. She's just an. She activist. has no job, man. She's just. Uh, How dare you? Is she British? I don't know what she is. Don't know. Don't care. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I could care. I don't. I couldn't could care less about this woman. I'm sure she got arrested. Fake arrest. Um. I mean, it just all goes back to Jesse Smollett. Hey, don't hey, oh, hey, don't commit crimes with checks. <laughs> where where was he supposedly going? He was going to Subway at yeah, like Subway, three a.m. Yeah, Subway at four a.m. in the morning or something. Yeah. What What about LeBron's uh, gate at his house? Oh goodness! And no evidence was ever found. Matthew, them subs must be really good to go out and get them at, at 3 4 a.m. What was he, Germany or France? Yeah, man, they must be they must be making them with something insane. No, no, this was in Chicago, the Jesse Smollett situation. Ah, nice. Hey, you go in, you go in, in Chicago at 3 a.m.? <laughs> yeah, better... This is MAGA country! <laughs> I mean, my. <laughs> yeah, it just doesn't happen in Chicago of all places. <laughs> Now, if you would have said somewhere down here, like maybe a, I don't know, like a small podunk Alabama town, and maybe it would have been more believable. Maybe. Chicago, Illinois. Yeah. I, I, hit middle, I think they're, what, fully Democratic? Yep. Yeah. Yep. Oh, man. Hey, just don't commit crimes with checks. Yeah, I mean, it's all, it's all staged. We all know it is. Oh, yeah. We all that's, know. A, that's another topic for another day when it comes to the government. Oh, we could do an entire different show dedicated to that. Yep. We could do an entire show. But, God, I, now that, the Jesse Smollett one still gets me every time. 4 a.m. to go get Subway. He must have been real hungry. You know what I'm thinking about getting at 4 a.m. if I'm hungry? A cup of coffee? Waffle House? That's an option. Taco Bell. Talk about uh, like, talk about like crystal. Hey, the one next to my house is open twenty four hours now, boy. What crystal? Yeah, dude. Taco Bell in Memphis closes at like midnight now. Oh, McDonald's? No, no, no. They say they say open twenty four hours. You get there any time before ten o'clock. Yeah, we close. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, McDonald's. I went to three McDonald's, all closed. McDonald's is supposed to be 24 hours. Yeah, thank you. Oh, uh, nothing was worse than the time I was working. Um, I was working night shift at um, UPS, and I get off at 4 a.m., go home, and I was driving from Knoxville back to La Follette, so 45 minutes from work. Right, go to the McDonald's in Jacksboro, and I run over a hose, and this dude comes out. Will you get off my water hose? <laughs> nice. I was like, Excuse me, and he's like. We ain't open. I was like, 
you're open 24 hours. But we ain't open right now. I drove on home, grabbed a bag of chips, sat in my bed for five minutes, fell asleep. Yeah, I mean, uh, nothing is really open in Memphis past 9 o'clock now. So uh, you'd, be, yeah. you'd, you'd be lucky to find anything in Memphis that isn't Taco Bell or... Hey, man, if you haven't eaten anything decent, you starve. That's about <laughs> it. <laughs> yep. Yeah, if you eat, you eat before 9 o'clock or you just... You might as well just not eat for the rest of the day. I yeah, just go to Walmart, grab a bag of pizza rolls. Uh, Walmart closed like seven now. Walmart closed. Closed. Yep. But <laughs> <laughs> yep. booyahs. Closed. Closed. Gas station. Closed. I try to get a drink after, you know, a hoop session. Get closed. Die of thirst in your car. Yep. You got a running car in the parking lot with the lights on, but no one inside. Just locked. <laughs> yep. Just locked from the outside. Goodness. Yep. Ugh. Best food of my day will be at these nachos at the Grizzly game. Hopefully the cheese ain't cold. Don't care. Eating it either way. <laughs> Are you going to get yourself a souvenir Diet Coke? Yep. Yep. What is that now, 28 bucks? Uh, probably, man. And they want you to tip. For what, man? <laughs> the, tip, are those tips even a, going a to the – Are they even going to the workers? I don't know, man. I, I got no idea. I have no Probably idea. I, not. I got asked to tip like, I think I went to like six balls games this year. Yeah. Whatever, how many home games we had? I missed one. Every single time it was for a different cause about tipping. Wrestling. It was always wrestling. The wrestling team. Yeah, the wrestling team. Like, man, you know how much money I made from just tips? Just from that? Every single time it was wrestling team. I thought you meant like a wrestling, like an independent promotion. <laughs> no, no. Jerry Long and Federation. <laughs> no. No, it was like West High School JV Wrestling. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That was my face when they asked me to make a tip. And I said, yeah, what's man, it for? Maybe, maybe we should just say, yeah, do you want to leave a tip to support Fan Run Radio? Probably have like $30,000 on one year. $37,000. Yeah, probably, man. And. Tipping's gotten out of control. The fan run tip jar. Well, tipping has gotten out of control there. But hey, I did set my tips to on on my Twitter, just in case. Because hmm. <laughs> oh, you, yeah, because you're verified. Yeah, he's verified, man. He's cool. Hey, man, you own this radio station. Drip too hard, son. <laughs> I guess so. That blue check must have gone to your head. Makes you, makes you a different man. I'm the best there is, the best there was, and the best there ever will be. As Vince McMahon said, Brett screw Brett. I have no idea where that reference was from. What? <laughs> the Montreal screw job. What? Not Stone Cold Man. What? <laughs> what are we doing? What? <laughs> <laughs> oh, look at that guy. Goodness. I'm turning the TV off. We've seen enough. That's enough. <laughs> That's enough. That's enough. Oh, man. You can tell it's getting towards the end of the show. Yep. Everybody's back, except for Davis. We're all loose. Nobody's timid. Nobody's tight. I mean, I need to see the Grizzlies go on their 11-game winning streak now. We're at 10. We're I mean- losing tonight, by the way. <laughs> 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 You're probably not wrong when you look at the hindsight of everything. We're at home. But, uh, I don't know. I want to see the Grizzlies uh, do it. I want to see them beat the Cavs. I think we split this season series with the Cavs. But get this one home. See what happens. Then we go on a five-game road trip. 
out west. Yep. Yep. Does that trip include San Antonio? <laughs> no, that trip includes the Lakers, the Clippers, the Warriors, the Kings, and the Suns. And the the Suns. Suns, yeah. Ooh. Yep. Mm. Cam Johnson's back, apparently. Yeah. I don't care. Don't care, mid player anyway. Sure. I was. I will say, ever since Charles Barkley started talking about churros, that's like become my favorite dessert. <sighs> Go to Costco, get that big old churro. You sit down there, Matthew. You dip it in that vanilla ice cream, and you just do this with it. Charles <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, yeah. Barkley is a national treasure. The fact that he's been able to say whatever he wants and be able to get away with it for as long as he has, I think he's not cancelable. No, he's not cancelable. No. no, he's not. You're only cancelled when you care, and he doesn't care. He doesn't care. <laughs> I like that, Davis. You're only cancelled when you care. It's true. Actually, I will say this. You only get cancelled when you apologize. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah. Drew Brees. Exactly, and that's caring. Yeah. Yep, Drew Brees got canceled. Apologized, got canceled even more. Charles Barkley dropped an FCC violation on there a few days ago. Did y'all see that? I did see that, yeah. Yep. yep. Yeah, I, I didn't know. There's just so many different rules, man. It's just uh, – that was the first one, though, which is shocking. That's not the first time he's done it. No, no, he's dropped. He's done – he's in a couple. He dropped an S-bomb before. Yep. Yep. They need to abolish Kenny. Kenny serves no purpose. <laughs> <laughs> and just make it just make it Oni, Shaq, and Charles Barkley. Kenny's just there to talk about his New York Knicks who suck. RJ Barrett. And you're not getting KD. He still man. can't go right, by the way. He's been in the league for five years and can't go right. So I mean, are you on the interstate in Memphis? Uh, I'm about to be. Alright, yeah, well before we leave. I want to touch on this really quick. Do you all remember when Kenny Smith said that his biggest regret was not making an all-star game? No, I don't don't really listen to Kenny when he speaks. So he was like, you know, that's my one biggest regret in my NBA career is that I never played in an all-star game. And Shaq was like, Kenny, I love you. You were never going to make an all-star team. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Kenny Smith kind of just rode the coattails of Hakeem Olajuwon and Sam Cassell. And even at the – yeah, that, that's exactly what he did. Yep, Robert Ory, too. Big shot, Bob. Yep. <sighs> that he did. Robert Ory. That's what he is, man. Nice. He's big shot, Bob. Nice. That is going to do it for Robert Ory, man. <laughs> that's going to do it for us. Goodness. My chair just sank, and now my legs are stuck. Bryson, when we go off the air, I'm going to have you lift me up out of this chair to try to get me to where I can move. <laughs> Thank you, Davis. Thank you. Thank you, Matthew. Thank you. Thank you, Bryson. Thank you. Something else coming up next here on WKGN. Tune in tomorrow for 3 and Out right here on Fan Run Radio.